Good evening, everyone. Um, thanks for coming out. I appreciate that. Um, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I do thank you for this time to share your word with your people. Father, you said we're two or, get, two or three are gathered together in your name. You're in the midst. Thank you for being in the midst of us today. Thank you for those who pressed out to come and um, on a weekday. And Father, I ask that you'll bless them and bring them understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's make some proclamations um, before we actually get started. Um, in light of Alan's message um, called the Divine Exchange, uh, we had a young man to minister the word. So he, he talked about the Divine Exchange. So let's make some confession. Just say, Jesus was punished, Jesus was punished. that we may be forgiven. Jesus was wounded that we may be healed. Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we may be made righteous with his righteousness. Jesus died our death that we may receive his life. Jesus was made a curse that we may enter into the blessing. Jesus endured our poverty that we may share his abundance. Jesus bore our shame that we may share his glory. Jesus endured our rejection that we may have his acceptance with the Father. Jesus was cut off by death that we may be joined to God eternally. Our old man was put to death in him that the new man might come to life in us. Okay, so that's what we call proclamations or confessions. So this is what we say. Uh, we, we have what we say, and so we need to remind ourselves of the precious truths of what happened at the cross. So tonight I want to talk about part two, successful Christian living, and I want to talk about reading the word, just reading the word. Um, last week we, we shared about the importance of getting in the word to know God, and, um, and what some of the reasons why we need to read the Bible is to know God, number one, and it's also to um, not sin against God and to become more like Jesus and, and also to have a successful Christian life and defeat the devil and to influence the world. So those are some of the things that we shared concerning um, successful Christian living. So for those who were here last week, how many actually made some effort to spend more time in God's word? Okay, so okay, very good, very good. Um, um, we talked about how many, um, um, actually, we talked about reading, studying, meditating, and all those things require discipline. It takes faith to actually do it. Um, we, we have a little thing called 20 minutes of power, where 10 minutes of prayer and 10 minutes of reading the Bible. So 20 minutes of power. So just an effort to, to some things to look forward to. Um, there's a lot of Christians who aren't disciplined when it comes to spending quality time in the Bible. Um, this seems to be um, just a challenge for many believers to make time for the Bible. And we shared from the Bible that, um, last week that you are God's garden. In other words, um, you need to plant God's word in your heart 
not only do you need to plant it, but you need to also water the word in your heart. And so uh, the heart of the man, the heart of man and the heart of woman is, is a garden. And there are things, whatever we sow into, that's, that's the very thing that will, will there be harvest. So if you feed something, it'll grow. If you starve it, it will die. You feed your faith, it will grow. You starve your doubt, it will die. And so keep those things in mind. So, um, and, and let me just clarify, there was somebody who asked on Sunday, what exactly success, what, what do you mean by success? Are you trying to preach a self-help gospel? And I'm not. <clears throat> when I talk about success, I'm talking about knowing God and walking with him. And in light of walking with him, I'm talking about obeying him. And this, and this includes fulfilling your purpose on earth. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, it's easy to abuse it. This is why people have a call, you know, suicide because suicidal thoughts because they don't know the purpose. And when you know why you exist, it's easy for you to fulfill it. So with that said, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 1 through 9, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. Again, thank y'all for coming out. Um, I know it might be challenging. You had a long day of work, and then to come and sit in church for 45 minutes to an hour, um, God is going to bless you for it. I'm not saying that you're not blessed if you don't come to church. <laughs> you're blessed whether you come or you don't come. But um, there is a blessing in what my old former pastor used to say. And the pressing, there's a blessing when you press your way out. And one word from God can change your life forever. You know, just one, one thing that you can hear and one thing you can understand can set you up for the rest of your life. So don't ever take that for granted. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, um, in the New Testament, verse 1, it says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Even now you're not ready, not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believe. As the Lord assigned to each, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants, he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Let me just pray. Father, I do thank you for this opportunity to share your word and pray that you'll give me supernatural utterance that I may boldly make known the mystery of the gospel. Grant it to your people, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Pray that you'll strengthen their faith tonight as we share about your word in Jesus name. Amen. And I do realize I prayed before. I just felt the impression to do it again. So Paul is contrasting the difference between a carnal Christian 
and a spiritual Christian. Now, a carnal Christian, you can imagine what that type of person is. That's a person who's governed by their emotions, their will, their flesh. They just do whatever they feel like doing. And then a spiritual Christian is a person that is governed by God's word. They're led by the spirit of God. God's, God is leading them and guiding them. And so he's contrasting the two, a spiritual Christian and a carnal Christian. Um, don't answer this. Just look straight. Uh, do you consider yourself a mature spiritual Christian? What does a spiritual mature Christian look like? A spiritual mature Christian is a person that is governed by God's word. That means God's word is, is di dictating to them how they should live, how they should believe. Um, a carnal Christian is a person, again, that's governed by the flesh. They just do whatever feels right, whatever looks right. If it smells, I mean, they just go with it. Um, but a spiritual Christian is what we should desire to be like. We should strive for. Um, a spiritual Christian, a spiritual mature Christian, they're full of the spirit of God. Not only are they full of the word of God, but they're full of the spirit of God. That means God is filling them up to overflowing. And from Ephesians chapter five, it says, be being filled with the spirit. So we're to be filled with the spirit of God and not just filled with ourselves. Um, a spiritual Christian love, uh, they, they love unconditionally. They live like Jesus. The fruit of the spirit as listed in Galatians is seen in their lives. They have problems just like everybody else. So just because you're, don't think of a spiritual Christian as a person who, does, who don't have problems. Problems come to all of us. It doesn't matter where you are on the scale. Poor, rich, black, white, Greek, Gentile, you're gonna have problems. Um, immature, carnal, spiritual, you're gonna have problems. Saved and unsaved, you're gonna have problems. Uh, so problems come to all of us. But despite the problems, the spiritual Christian choose to trust God despite how things look and how they feel. I don't know about you, but I want to be a spiritual Christian. I want to be deemed, I want to be looked at as a spiritual man, a, a Christian who's mature in the things of God. They're not emotional driven. I mean, a lot of people are emotional. They, in the workplace, they call it uh, emotional intelligence, right? Um, where it's they're not controlled by their emotions. They know how to manage their emotions as well as in a situation if they're leading a group of people, they're, they're managing the emotions of their team. They know how to drive it back. So they're not emotional driven, but they are word driven or Bible driven. Um, they are led by the spirit of God. Let's go over to Romans 8. Let's just take a look at this. Romans 8, chapter 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Okay. So if you're led by the spirit of God, it, that means that you're a son of God. Now, this can be kind of misleading. In the Greek, it actually means sons. When you see the word sons in the Greek, it means maturing ones. So for all who are led by the spirit of God are the maturing ones. So a person who is mature spiritually, God's spirit is leading them. They hear God's voice clearly. When I say hear, I'm not talking about hearing an audible voice, but they're recognizing the leading of the spirit. 
that makes sense, right? I'm not talking about going around hearing, hey, go right, go left, you know. That's, that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about being led by the Spirit. I'm talking about having leadings and promptings of the Spirit, and you recognize it, and you mature in those things, you know, not to go here, not to go there. And, and there, it's clear. It's not just always a voice, um, but it's, it's, it's the, uh, the inner witness, and we talk extensively about those things. Uh, these believers in Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, these believers didn't allow the word of God to govern them, nor did they allow the spirit to lead them. Um, they were full of themselves and their agenda. They allowed people, they said, I'm a Paul, I'm a Paulus. They, they were full of division, and that's what's, what was leading them. But God calls us to learn how to follow him specifically through his word. As we read the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, we're able to govern those, um, follow and know God for ourselves. I cannot emphasize the word of God enough. You're going to have to put God's word first, first place. If you don't, if you don't put God's word first place, and when I say putting God, put God's word first place, I'm talking about making the Bible priority it's not an afterthought but you're actually making that the center of your life that's what i'm talking about if you don't put god's word first you won't be a successful christian and what is a successful christian a person who know god and walks with god who defeats the enemy has victory in their lives full of joy their joy is complete and they know who to turn to and rely on when Life happens to them, okay? I'm not saying you're not going to have no challenging days because you are in the Word. The contrary, the more you're in the Word, the more you'll have a battle. Um, so, successful Christian, if you don't put God's Word first, you won't have complete joy that Jesus died to give you. You won't have victory over the flesh and victory over the world and victory over the devil, you won't be a, a lit Christian, <laughs> if I can say that, a lit Christian. What, is, what do you mean, drinking? No, I don't mean that. I mean a Christian who is on fire for God, a person who is radical and it's totally sold out, who's completely devoted to Christ. So when I talk about lit Christian, L-I-T, right, I'm talking about a person who is completely devoted to Christ, that whatever Christ says, they're willing to do. They're following him in the trenches of life. Um, there's no doubt about it. We have to, we have too many things that we're fighting against, right? We got distractions and different things. Um, there are, uh, so you got to make time. People, if you look, look at it, you make time for whatever you want to make time for, right? Right? Whether it's relationship, whether it's your kids, whether it's work or whatever the case may be. People make time for what's important to, what's important to them. So if you're using the excuse that you don't have time for the word, um, it's just an excuse. Or you don't have time to go to church. Now, I'm not preaching against those who they come to church tonight, okay? <laughs> so, you know, if they're hearing this, I'm not condemning them that, oh, you're, you're messed up. You should have came to church. No, that, that's not what we're preaching. But you have to make time for it. It has to be a priority. If you don't have time for prayer, then you are too busy sinning somewhere in your life. If there's no time for prayer, I'm making time to spend with God through prayer and through reading his word. 
there's something going on. You have to make time for God. He isn't an, an option. It, he's a priority. So what are you doing with your time? If you make time for him, listen to this. This, this is enough for y'all to come all the way here. Some of y'all came for an hour away. Others 10, 15, 20 minutes away. Um, if you make time for God, he will make sure that you have the grace that you need to do the things that you need to do. If you make time for God, he'll give you grace to do the things that you need. Now, what about, can you get grace if you don't make time? Absolutely. He, he, he is so giving. He's constantly giving. So I'm not talking about earning anything. What I'm saying to you is when you make him priority, things begin to line up. Um, let's go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Believe it or not, I'm almost close to being finished. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Um, let's start with verse 1. It's after the book of Psalms. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. It's just a, uh, uh, this Proverbs is full of wisdom. One of the things you may want to think about or consider along your Bible reading is to read a Proverbs a day. You know, let's say whatever today, today's the 31st. So today you will read Proverbs 31. And then tomorrow will be Proverbs 1. Now, don't just limit your Bible reading to Proverbs and just get stuck. Like, I ain't read Proverbs 12 times this year. So you want to expand, all right? I mean, that's a place to start. Uh, Bible reading, just focusing on Proverbs. And, and Proverbs is full of wisdom, just has a lot of wisdom. Um, um, Solomon, who wrote a, a significant amount of Proverbs, it's given us wisdom. The Bible refers to him as one of the wisest men of his day. And he, he was wealthy and so forth. And, and God blessed him with wisdom. So this Proverbs is, is an instruction from a father, a natural father. But let's apply these things to our Heavenly Father. Okay? It, it's in the top of the, on the top of the heading of this Proverbs four in my Bible says a father's wise instruction. I want to submit to you that we can apply these things as it relates to God being our heavenly father. Unfortunately, some of our natural fathers may not have had this wisdom, right? I know my, you know, my natural father had some wisdom, but he didn't have all wisdom, you know? And so this is the, the wisdom for all the fathers who are in this room. We should strive to be men of wisdom. And all the mothers and mothers-to-be in this room should strive to be mothers of wisdom, that we have wisdom. God's, God can give us wisdom. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. So again, let's look at it. This is from an earthly father to an earthly son, but we're going to apply it to our heavenly father as it relates to us. I'm going to start with verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight or you may gain understanding. The Lord gives us instruction that we may gain understanding and wisdom. Uh, God's word is pregnant with wisdom and understanding. God's word is full of wisdom. Let's look at verse two. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. One translation says, I give you good doctrine. 
So the Lord gives us good teaching, good doctrine, so we're not to forsake his word. Verse 3, when I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother. Verse 4, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Our hearts should cling to the word of God and our faith should be in his word. If we keep the commandments of the Lord, we will live. God's word is full of life. So I want you to look at the benefit of reading the Bible every day. There's life that's been poured into you. Spiritual life, even natural life. Um, we'll look at this probably next week, how the word of God, there's medicine to our physical body. Our people have gotten healed of terminal diseases by reading and meditating and speaking God's word. Verse five says, get wisdom, get insight or get understanding. Do not forget, do not turn away from the words of my mouth. So imagine this is God speaking to us, telling us to get wisdom, get every job that you work with, work on, you should get some wisdom from it. What can I do to add to my tube belt, right? What can I do to add to my resume? Same way as you're studying the scriptures. Okay, what is God saying to the original audience? And what is he saying? What is the timeless principle for all generation? What are the promises? How do I, what, what does this text teach me about God? Get wisdom. Wisdom begins in our lives when we begin to fear the Lord. Get understanding. Understanding is a powerful thing. The devil cannot steal God's word from your heart if you have understanding. Uh, it takes the Holy Spirit to gain understanding. So before you read the Bible, you should pray and ask the Lord to, to give you understanding. Holy Spirit, give me understanding. I want to understand what you're saying. Now, there's the you can get the natural understanding of just learning how to read, learning how to comprehend. That's, that's something that some people don't get. But even in that, God can give you understanding. Verse six says this. Do not forsake her. Talking about wisdom. She will keep you, love her, and she will guard you. Wisdom will, if you don't forsake wisdom, it, wisdom will keep you. If you love wisdom, wisdom will guard you. So wisdom is able to keep you from danger and harm. Save you money, save you energy. Save you time, right? If you get some wisdom, okay, so if you're sitting down with a billionaire, a billionaire can sit down and give you some wisdom, natural wisdom, of how to sell in this life financially, right? Are you sitting down with a medical doctor or someone who, who knows the human body? You can actually gain wisdom from them. Well, God has is all wisdom, right? He has all wisdom, and he can give us wisdom to save us time. So this... So God's number one wisdom is his word. So as I'm studying the word, that word will help me save time, save me energy, save me finances. Save, you know, and I'm going to get into that a little bit in a few minutes. Verse 7 through 9 says this. I'm only going to 9. Um, it says the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Whatever you get, get insight or understanding. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. This is the wisdom of God. 
God's wisdom, God's word is his wisdom to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, it says that Jesus, God made Jesus to be wisdom for us. So Jesus is wisdom. God made Jesus to be wisdom. Let's go over there real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, 30, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. You got to say, I got it. <laughs> got it. First Corinthians chapter three. No, sorry. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 30 says this. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. So notice that God made Jesus to be wisdom for us. So Jesus is our wisdom, right? And guess what? Jesus is the living word. The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 17 says the word dwelt among, became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word of God is the wisdom of God. Now the written word, which is the Bible, reveals the living word. We don't worship the Bible, okay? Y'all know that, right? We don't sit down and bow before it. But we worship a living Christ who's risen from the dead. So this word, the written word, reveals the living word. So God's wisdom is Jesus unto us, and Jesus has inspired this word. And so we get the word of God into our life. It's the wisdom of God. Let's talk about this wisdom a little bit. Um, the written word, again, reveals the living word. If you will make this word right here, first place in your life. You know, people talk about making God first, right? How do you make God first? You don't make God first just by praying only, but you make God first by the word, making this priority. So when you make this priority, you're making God first. All right, that's first. Um, the word of God, the written word reveals the living word. So if you make this word first place in your life, then you'll have wisdom that is necessary to live as kingdom citizens. Kingdom living will be your way of life. Kingdom living will become your way of life. What you know, the name of our church is called Kingdom Living Ministries. So, what does that look like? That means that we're citizens in the kingdom of God, living out day by day, practical teachings, practical living. The word of God has the wisdom. All the wisdom that you and I need to handle everything we need in life. Let me give you an example. The Word of God has wisdom when it comes to handling your money. Right? One of the things that the Word of God tells us not to do is to co-sign. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> That's in Proverbs chapter 6. You're not to co-sign for anybody. Why is that? Because you, you, you're, the Bible says you are snared by the words of your mouth or the agreement. So you're not to put your credit on, on risk for somebody else. You're not to co-sign. What, what about a kid? And you know that that that's depending on you. You know you have to make that decision. But I'm talking about in general. You know your friend or something. Don't co-sign on that. Um, so the word of God would give us wisdom concerning money. It, it actually teaches us how to be wealthy. Um, one of the things that it tells is honoring the Lord with our, our tithes and our offering. And it talks about giving and how when you can't out basically you can't out, can't out give God. So the more you give, the more he's going to give back to you. And it's just a principle that is in the word of God. It talks about saving. 
right? It talks about storing up money. It talks about gaining wisdom, even from the world, as it relates to money. The Word of God has the wisdom of God concerning how to live long on the earth. So it talks about our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells on the inside of us. And so we're to take care of our physical bodies. We're to um, also take the word of God. It talks about if you obey your parents, you'll live long. So those are wisdoms, the wisdom of God, how to live long. The word of God has the wisdom how to make a, how, how to have a prosperous marriage. That's wisdom. You know, God says, you know, the husbands are to love their wives as Christ loves the church. That's, a, that's prosperity, you know, true prosperity, prosperous marriage, and how wives are to submit to their husbands and, and, and how there should be a unity and, and a oneness in marriage. The Word of God also has wisdom to teach us how to live in true peace as a single person. So if you're single, God can give you wisdom how to, because it's drama when you are um, having sex outside of marriage, right? It's drama because you, you're welcoming other stuff in. STDs and so forth. Uh, you you are you're so you're you are binding your soul with another person. And so it tells us how to have peace. If you don't want no drama in your life, then God tell, teaches us how. Also, the word of God teaches us how to raise our children. And we should raise our children. It talks about raising our children to understand money and not you know letting them inherit all this debt, right? That, that, that's, that's something that the Word of God teaches. The Word of God teaches us how to be a real Christian. So all you need in this world is in God's Word because the Word of God is the wisdom of God. So everybody say, the Word of God, word is, God. The of God. is the wisdom of God. When I need wisdom, I need to look to the Word. All right, uh, let me give you some practical steps, and I am almost finished. Some practical steps of how to read the Bible. All right, where to read the Bible at, how to make time for the Bible. Anybody in here, let's be honest, have a problem with finding time for the Bible? Raise your hand high, okay, all right. So this is, this is some practical stuff. One, don't laugh too hard. In the bathroom, you can read the Bible in the bathroom. You have time, right? You're on the throne, so you can go to the throne of grace with the word of God and read the word. That's one place. Another thing is 10 minutes before you start your day. So let's say your day starts 5 o'clock in the morning. 10 minutes of starting time before you get up. You know, I mean, before you start your day. Um, 10 minutes before you end your day. So 10 minutes. You can just smash 10 minutes in there. Um, that, that's important. Also, on your lunch break, when you have your lunch break, usually it's like 30 minutes to an hour, depends on which company you work for. Or if you work for yourself, you can... You know, do an hour, <laughs> hour and a half. Let me, <laughs> I can eat and spend time in the Word. Um, another way, this is, don't laugh too hard, but while you're waiting, waiting in the in traffic, right? It depends, especially if you're going to New York <laughs> or Philly, um, in traffic. Or it may be waiting in the store, right? Um, husbands waiting for their wives. <laughs> you got time, pull out your smartphone or pull out a Bible, a little small Bible, and pull it out and read it. This is what I do. My wife goes to, she loves Trader Joe's and Wegmans. 
So she goes in there, and I know she's going to be at least 30 minutes. So I pull out a Bible, you know, and I just read it. I'm like, I got time. She, she usually wants me to come inside. So, so the wisdom of God says maybe sometimes you need to go inside, and she just want to be with me while she shops. This is what you need to buy when I'm not here. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right, so that's another place. Also, so this, this tip is uh, while waiting. So in traffic or in the store, and this is a big one, DMV. You're waiting. You're waiting for your number to be called, right? DMV. Um, that's a perfect place. Or if you're going for inspection, you're waiting in the car. There's a line full of cars. So you got time. 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes of word, right? <laughs> Uh, instead of listening to the little radio station or your, um, you know, your, your MP3 player or whatnot, that, those are things. And here's another one. Remove some, remove, or I should say cut, some of your in- entertainment time. Social media, movies, television, phone time, or texting. Just cut it out. I mean, I'm not saying totally, but just cut back some. Says, okay, you can't discuss. I, I'm I'm in a meeting with God. I'm I'm hurt. I'm listening to the leader, the Creator, by reading the Word. So th- those are um, some practical tips of how to spend make time to read your Bible. Ten minutes will turn into twenty minutes. Twenty minutes will turn into thirty, thirty, forty, forty into an hour. Before long, you'll be caught up in the treasures of God's Word, and you'll be just full of the Word. So make a decision tonight. Okay, this is my last statement. I think (laughs) make a decision tonight to make God's word first place tonight. Satan will fight you. Whoever who's in here fight, have trouble sleeping at night. Anybody? Okay. Pull out the Bible. You're going to get real sleepy. You'll get real sleepy. Why? Because Satan's going to fight you. Pull out that Bible and start reading and you'll find yourself dozing. Satan, and I, I, that's a remedy. I'm telling you, that's a remedy to go to sleep. <laughs> oh, Satan, you want to keep me up? I'm going to read the word. Or your mind is running down the, you know, down the street and you think about all these bills or, or think about health or thinking about other stuff. Just pull out the Bible and begin to read it. You'll get sleepy real quick. All right, so make a decision tonight to make God's word first place. Keep in mind that Satan will fight you when it comes to making the word of God first place. It is, it is in the word that you know who God is and you'll find your place in this world. You'll find your place. You'll find out who you are in Christ, who God has made you to be. Next week, I'll go into a little bit more details of Proverbs 4, but we'll talk about how um, we reading the Bible, how to study the Bible. So we want to move from reading to studying it, to meditating it, to confessing it and speaking it. And we also want to, um, I'm going to put in, I'm going to talk about some facts of how did we got the Bible? Where did the Bible come from? Those are things that people don't usually know about, but we'll look at where did the Bible come from? How do we know it's the word of God? How do we know that there's no other books out there and so forth? And we'll, we'll put in a couple facts about those things. I didn't want to get caught up in that because sometimes you get caught up in all the information. Well, that's the Bible study. And that's needed as, as time. So let's pray. Father, I do thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I thank you for every, so make a decision. While I'm praying, I want you to make a decision to spend time with God's word every single day. Just make a, make that decision. Say, I will not, don't say it out um, vocally, but in your heart, 
If you want to make that decision, say, I make a decision to spend time in God's word every single day. There won't be a day that goes by that I don't spend time in the word. I'm going to pray according to your faith. Lord, I pray for everyone who has made that decision tonight and everyone who's listening to this through SoundCloud or CD or MP3 file. I pray that you'll grant unto them the grace to make you priority by spending time in the word of God. I pray that there will be an excitement and a joy. And Lord, I bind the devil right now in the name of Jesus, and I command him to flee from your people, that they will know, they will make the time to spend at your feet in your word, and that you will speak to them, you will shape their way of thinking, their belief, their belief system. You will overrule and reign in their life, and they'll see benefits by spending time in the word of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to submit this to you before I quit and open up for questions. What what would happen if you decided to take April the 1st, which is tomorrow, and said, I'm going to spend a whole year filling myself with the word. I'm going to put extra time in the word of God in my heart. Your life would be changed a year from now. You would not be, you wouldn't even recognize yourself if you made the word of God first priority. So think about those things and I pray that God will speak to you and lead you.